Sometimes going to the grocery store can be chaotic. There doesn't seem to be enough time to check the list, make sure everything is there, search for the best prices, and take the time to make sure you get the best quality meat. So let ButcherBox help you out. Giving you peace of mind, ButcherBox delivers high-quality meat and seafood that you can trust straight to your door. No grocery carts required. Humanely raised, no antibiotics or hormones, 100% grass-fed, free-range, and crate-free, what more can you ask for? What about free shipping, customized box plans, exclusive member deals, recipe inspirations, tips, and tricks? You really can't go wrong with ButcherBox. Sign up at butcherbox.com slash morning cup and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free for a year offer plus an additional $20 off. Choose salmon, chicken breasts, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash morning cup and use code morning cup to choose your free for a year offer plus get $20 off your first order. In the 1970s and 80s, a monster hunted the Connecticut River Valley. Seven bodies found, one survivor, and no suspects. I'm Jane Borowski, host of Invisible Tears. I was seven months pregnant and stabbed 27 times, and I survived. My story didn't end that frightful night. This attack on me physically and mentally lingered for years. I'm Amanda Bedard, and I'm Jane's life coach and co-host of Invisible Tears. Jane is ready to share her story, and not just about her attack, but her healing process afterwards. As a platform for truth and healing, we are on a mission to help others that suffer from PTSD and help bring awareness to mental health issues. To hear my story and others, you can find Invisible Tears wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. There were two more murders 15 miles away. When police arrived, they found the telephones and electricity lines. We have a Yes. Seen described by one investigator as reminiscent of a weird morning. Cup of murder. Tragic crimes can have unforeseen silver linings. On April 15, 1984, a massacre took place that left only a single survivor. A survivor who, in an unlikely turn of events, became the silver lining in a completely tragic story. So if you like your coffee hot but your bones chilled, Sit back and start your day with a morning cup of murder. On April 15, 1984, Palm Sunday, as torrential rain fell down on Brooklyn, New York, a man named Christopher Thomas loaded up a 22 caliber and 38 caliber weapon and walked into a Liberty Avenue home and, without warning, opened fire on the family gathered inside. After receiving a call just before 7.30 p.m., police showed up to the residence and walked straight into the carnage that had just taken place. Inside, riddled with gunshot wounds, were the bodies of pregnant 24-year-old Virginia Lopez, her sons Juan, just four years old, and Eddie, just seven, Virginia's pregnant cousin, 20-year-old Carmen Perez, her two children, Alberto, five, and Noel, three, Virginia's sister, Magdalia Perez, just 14 years old, her sister, Maria, just 10 years old, and daughters of the homeowner, Betsy Bermudez, 14, and her sister, Marilyn, just 10. 
All of the bodies, each shot at close range and most in the head, were posed in relaxed positions on the couches and chairs as if they were just gathering for a talk. Still inside was the sole survivor, Carmen Perez's 13-month-old daughter, Christina, who was being fed chocolate pudding when the unknown gunman stormed into the home. There were no signs of drugs or robbery, but pretty quickly, police realized that the home was owned by the husband, or boyfriend, according to some sources, of one of the victims, Enrique Bermudez, who happened to be a convicted cocaine dealer. The same man who, finding his family lying dead in his home, made the phone call to police. The very next day, news of the horrific crime spread across all of the local newspapers, and an image of Officer Joanne Jaffe holding young Christina in her arms became all anyone could talk about. Detectives quickly set up a task force, which would soon become the largest assembled by the NYPD since the son of Sam Killings, and comprised of 75 officers from all over the city who dedicated their time and manpower to solving what was now being referred to as the worst mass shooting in New York City history. That May, police got word from a number of sources who said that they needed to turn their attention to a man named Christopher Thomas. Working with what they had, detectives went to his home in the Bronx, a home owned by his mother and mother-in-law, which had sustained pretty extensive fire damage just weeks before the Palm Sunday Massacre. Inside, police found a shell casing to a 22 caliber gun that matched perfectly to the shells found in Brooklyn. Now, by the time he became a suspect, Christopher Thomas was already in jail for a completely unrelated charge, the alleged sodomizing and attempted rape of his own mother, according to some of the reports. So, still behind bars, on June 19, 1984, Christopher was rearrested and charged with 10 counts of murder and two counts of gun possession on the grounds that the same witness who saw a man loitering outside Enrique's home just before the shooting picked Christopher out of a lineup. Christopher, the same man who, just days before the massacre, had broken into his estranged wife's home and beat her senseless. From what the task force could gather, 34-year-old Christopher Thomas believed that his wife, Charmaine, was sleeping with his cocaine dealer, Enrique Bermudez, and that it was Enrique who he was looking for when he burst into that Brooklyn home on Palm Sunday. And, not finding him, shot everyone inside except for baby Christina. Even though the guns used were long gone, Charmaine did tell police that she knew Christopher owned a 22 caliber handgun and that the only reason the shell was still there for police to find was because Christopher had tried to shoot at a mouse that ran across the floor of their apartment and one of her children had pocketed the casing. While a number of witnesses placed him near Enrique's home at the time of the murders, most of them also testified to the drugged out craze he seemed to be suffering from. Because of this, in June of 1985, Christopher Thomas, instead of being convicted of 10 counts of murder, was instead convicted of 10 counts of manslaughter due to his, quote, extreme emotional disturbance at the time of the crime. Citing a combination of jealousy and greed and cocaine use as the driving force for the murders. He was sentenced to 83 to 250 years, but due to state law, was expected to only serve about 50 years at the most. After being denied parole in May of 2009, February of 2011, February of 2013, April of 2015, and February of 2017, Christopher Thomas was quietly released from prison after serving 32 years on January 6th, 2018. 
While he sat behind bars, Officer Joanne Jaffe, the woman pictured carrying Christina Rivera out of the home, rose up the ranks and became one of the highest-ranking uniformed females in the NYPD. She also formally adopted Christina in 2013 after the grandmother who took over her care tragically died. They have shared their story only once with the New York Times in 2014 and live out the rest of their lives trying to move past the tragic beginnings of their relationship. In April of 2018, shortly after Christopher's release, New York State Senator Marty Golden and Assemblywoman Nicole Maliotakis introduced legislation that would deny conditional release for any person convicted of first-degree manslaughter. People like Christopher Thomas, who will fulfill his parole in 2034 when he is just 84 years old. Thank you for joining me in my morning cup of murder. Please join me again tomorrow to hear a terrible thing happened on April 16th. Don't forget to rate and subscribe and let me know how you like it. If you want to help support the podcast, there's always Patreon or just sharing it with your true crime obsessed friends. And remember, stay safe.